When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon, this time in a colorful hat and a colorful colorful hoodie. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Um, spring football, Shay. We, are, we had the two practices, and then spring break, and now we're back. Um, they will have another media availability tomorrow morning, uh, Thursday morning. The last one was on Tuesday morning. Uh, Brian Kelly spoke to the media after the Tuesday practice. Uh, There will be no um, interviews or anything on Thursday. I believe on Saturday, though, is where we'll get some players and uh, coaches and whatnot. So um, now you've been to two practices. We have some takeaways from Brian Kelly to talk about. Where do you want to start when uh, we get into this uh, spring football? I think the big thing you have to start with is the reality of it's almost like to describe the storyline of spring ball, you need to fast forward to the very end of it. And what would be the annual spring game, which Brian Kelly is not committing to playing. And from everything I've heard at this point, it's unlikely they'll have a spring game. Why? They don't have enough players that are healthy right now to fill out a roster for a spring game. Meaning if they did anything, you could only go like, than an offense versus a defense, and that's it. And everybody just plays on that one team. Brian Kelly said his number was nine. We could go through the depth chart and, like, count all these guys. It's probably more than that. Um, I don't know if he's taken this nine from guys that were just on the roster last year that he expects, but he said nine from their two deeper out for all of spring. Romani Goodwin is the only one of those nine that won't be back for summer workouts. He's – Knee injury is going to keep him out until fall camp. He's a running back there without John Emery at running back. Josh Williams is still hurt at running back. But I look at what I've seen so far in practice, Matty B. The O-line started out with only seven scholarship players because yeah. four, one of them's hurt. Four of them, the high school signees, don't even get here until the summer. So you do what you got to do. You took a Maryland transfer O-lineman and Mason Lunsford. He doesn't get here until the summer. So you were already you can't even fill out a two deep of scholarship guys. Well, Mar- excuse me, um, Miles Frazier, who starts at left guard for them, or will at least start at a guard spot, presumably, was not at practice this week. So he'll be back, I'm certain. But now you're down to six scholarship O linemen. So now it's tough to even make it through a practice with just one unit. I mean, you're rotating just one guy in there. So I look at that. I look at a D line that's missing arguably the two best players on the D line. Yeah. Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, Makai Wingo being their most productive D lineman a year ago. Mason Smith got that ACL injury on the first defensive series of the year against Florida State. Brian Kelly said he expects him to have a huge year, though, that he's rounding back into form. Maybe their best true freshman, Deshaun Womack, isn't out there, a five star who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, playing as an edge D end. And then there's others. Deuce Chestnut, a transfer corner, isn't out there. They're, you know, missing some guys in the two deep at safety. And I say all that to say this, 
I feel like spring's not going to tell us a ton about what this team exactly is going to look like, but I do think spring can tell us a lot about how deep they are because a lot of guys who are going to be running first team and second team in the spring are more depth pieces for you in the fall. And I'll let you give your two cents there. I just feel like now for me, the spring is about, okay, what can Noah Kane and Trey Holly give you at running back? What can these guys give you at corner? Because there's going to be everybody coming back or arriving to campus. And when they get to a full roster that's healthy and ready to roll, a lot of these guys move back into kind of secondary roles in the team. That I was going to ask you um, because I was trying to think back to where we were last year at this time. Obviously last year at this time was very different because the coaches were all new and everything was new this year. There is stability going into it. There is an understanding from the freshmen to the seniors, to the transfers. Everybody's on the same page here. With that being said, I'm trying to remember back to if like how the depth was last year. And I think at least on the line of scrimmage, it was more because they at least had those returners that were coming back uh, from last year. This year, they take a big freshman class, which they should have done, which was good. Uh, They take a lot of transfers. And then after the grueling year that they had where they played all those games, they have injuries that were built up that – have people sideline like Makai Wingo and, and guys like that. So I, I think you're you kind of laid it out really well. It's not going to be about seeing what this defensive line is going to be um, you know, in, in August. We're not going to learn that in March and April, but we will learn, we will see, and we'll get into this in a bit, is like, what does Ovia Gofu look like? What does Jackson Howard look like? You know, the specifics, the details, the individual players that can help this team build and grow as far as pieces, whether that is starters or depth um, players. I think that's going to be what we're looking for this spring because yeah, it is a, it is shallow. I mean, my, my other question is, do they not have like, does the SEC network not like require a TV slot for an LSU spring game? I guess you can just get out of it and be like, yeah, we're not doing it. I mean, I think teams have done that in the past. I don't know how much interest they'd have in filming a practice and then airing it live on TV. That's what I'm curious about. Uh, but so yeah, I don't think Brian Kelly doesn't want the fans to be entertained or want SEC Network to have coverage. I think it's just the reality of, man, we were so low roster-wise last year that dudes got beat up so bad that almost everyone had to have something cleaned up after this season or we need to rest them and with some transfers and signees not getting here until the summer. They're just sort of snake bit right now so yeah. you kind of just got to work with what you got yeah gonna have to treat it like the pro bowl just do flag football out there or uh seven aye, on aye, seven aye. or daniels or snussmeyer qb uh who can throw it through the little holes in the thing um but yeah i think you kind of we were gonna get into i don't know if we have the list of the nine that are out uh, obviously armani goodwin's the only one that's out for till fall i thought it was good news that he said they would get Deshaun Womack, and we'll talk about Deshaun, Deshaun Womack a little bit more. But like a guy like Deshaun Womack being right back for summer, I think was a good thing. Uh, same thing with Mason Smith. I think he talked about him in the press conference. He'll be back for summer. Kai Wingo, same thing. Charles Turner, same thing. So those guys, um, knowing that they're going to be back for the summer, at least gives me hope that everything's, you know, it's just precautionary for the most part in spring and getting them to 100%. 
Yeah, no, that's the goal is to get everyone healthy for fall camp, not spring. And this is happening at a lot of spring balls around the country right now. That's kind of just where LSU's at. I did think now one thing, one group, I should say, where everyone is out there is quarterback and Walker Howard's no longer here. Ricky Collins steps in as an early enrollee high school guy who um, has some good size to him. You can tell he's got some pop in his arm, but this brings yeah. all about him just getting acclimated, understanding what Joe Sloan wants, how they operate in a quarterback room and getting into his technique and fundamentals. And that's an ongoing process for all quarterbacks. Um, and we'll talk about that with Jaden. Nussmeyer had a little bit of an injury is what um, Brian Kelly said, but he hasn't missed any time and he's throwing with them nonstop. He looks sharp. We know what Nussmeyer can do. Uh, but we also know that Brian Kelly has said, Hey, my starting quarterback entering the offseason is Jaden Daniels because lo and behold, no shocker. He was my starting quarterback all season long for every game we just had. But he talked about him coming back, and I'm curious because you did a lot of our film breakdowns. Everyone listening watched all the games. But I feel like we can get lost sometimes in Jaden Daniels, and especially when you're in the season and people went through stretches of he's playing great versus stretches of he's not playing well at all. Well, he ends up setting a number of records and finishing right behind Burrow and a number of others uh, for LSU's sort of statistical history. That's obviously great. Um, and he can he's a true dual threat. He can run the ball. There ain't no doubt about that. People say, okay, take these steps forward as a passer. And here's what Kelly said on Tuesday. We met with him after practice. He said, he's talking about when Jaden decided to not go to the pros and come back. He said it started with physical development. How can we put together a plan for strength and conditioning? And then he said, look, we went back and re-recruited him and said, here's your comprehensive plan. And now I'll quote Kelly of what we're going to do in the weight room, how we're going to develop you physically, technically as a quarterback, all those pieces. Um, he went in depth about, you know, the VR training they have and ability to train year round and have all the kind of really good receivers here with him every day. And, um, Jaden bought into that. And then he also said, look, we hooked him up with some contacts and he went out to the West coast and he threw with some, as Brian Kelly said, some other elite quarterbacks before spring ball. It was Bryce Young. It was, um, CJ Stroud, uh, a number of guys were out there who were NFL draft prospects and going through that. So Jaden sort of joined them as they do draft prep, but he's just prepping to come back for another year of college. So it seems to me that Jaden is taking this kind of head on of, hey, I want to have an NFL future. And obviously to do that at a high level, I need to play well. And if I'm playing well, LSU is playing well and I want to compete for a championship and all those things come into factor here how much of a jump can we expect? Because on three went into the off season and said, Jaden Daniels is the best sec quarterback coming back. I expect a significant jump. Um, if nothing else, like what we can talk about Jaden Daniels improving, you know, as a player from accuracy to arm strength to all, all the tangible things we can see Jaden Daniel improve on. I think the being comfortable in the system and being comfortable with your receivers is something that he was not in the first half of the year last year. You look at the Florida State game, and we go back to it all the time where he throws it to Kayshawn and Kayshawn wasn't looking at you know, wasn't looking for the ball. Whose fault was that? I don't know. But he now knows going into this year what he's looking for, who he's looking for, who's looking for the ball, when the what Denbrock's gonna call, what Kelly's gonna call, what they want from him, what Joe Sloan wants from him, what he's getting from the offensive line. Let's remember 
where this team was from, uh, from an offensive line standpoint last year in the fall. They were not in a good spot. They didn't even he didn't even know who the center was going to be. He didn't know where the snap was coming from. Again, the center maybe may change uh, over this offseason as well. But like left guard, left tackle, like all of that stuff was changing. And he entered SEC play. I mean, really, that's why we, we said last year, it's like all of this was going on around him. All of the changes were going on around, around him, and he wasn't comfortable. So what did he do? He tucked the football and ran, and he did what he's done probably his whole life, which is make something happen with his legs. And as a result, he won a lot of games for this team. Now, I expect him to be more comfortable, and as a result, the pass game to come along um, significantly this year. If it doesn't come a if it doesn't improve significantly, and not again, I don't think he was bad as a passer last year, but like you said, there were games where it was up and down, it was up and down. Um, I expect it to be better, and if it is not better, I would anticipate there being games where Nussmeyer slides in there every now and then. That's the the pressure that's now being applied, but I think Daniels is in a good spot uh, going into it. It'll be interesting to see. They're they're in a great spot, and obviously there's if they can hold Nussmeyer through the spring and there's no transfer portal, not that we expect it. Yeah. This really sets up well for the future. But good to see your starting quarterback out there really putting in the work, going to California, uh coming oh, back, oh. going through all this training that Kelly talked about. Um, it's what you want to hear. And that's sort of what the offense is about, or off season is about uh making those strides. So we'll keep you guys updated on Jaden and Garrett and how Ricky's coming along, but did just want to touch on that because Kelly talked about it a, a good bit this week. I'll offer you up this. I want to talk about defense for a second. Good. I thought, not I thought, I know, one of their best players on defense last year was B.J. Ojolari, and he was their edge rusher. There were times where he played some D-end, and Harold Perkins was the edge rusher, and it really just still, like, that meant Ali Gay was coming off the field. Like, B.J. Ojolari was always their guy, and he put up good numbers over recent years. He wore number 18 as the leader, team captain. Like, he was just such a crucial piece of the team. I went out to watch practice this week, and John Jancic, who was an analyst previously, now he's full-time, he's taken over the Jack linebackers, uh, as well as coordinating special teams, but he worked with the Jack linebackers during practice when we were able to be there and watch. And with not with no Deshaun Womack, who is their five-star high school signee, who, again, a stand-up edge rusher is a guy built much like B. Joe Gilari, who's probably in the 230s to 240s. Well, Deshaun Womack was ranked as one of the best edge rushers in the country. He's already now 6'5", 270. So Brian Kelly said, look, we may play him at edge. We may put his hand in the dirt, play him at the end. We'll just see. We need to get him healthy, but he's going to be a beast. We'll use him. We'll see how things go there. But I'm watching practice, and Matt House, the defensive coordinator, who also coaches linebackers, has Harold Perkins in his linebackers group. And Perkins is running first-team linebackers in place of Greg Penn with Omar Spates, who transferred in from Oregon State. He's a veteran. Fully, with one year left, you're expecting him to come in and start. That's probably why he picked LSU. Yeah. That leaves LSU's jacks with Ovia Gofu out of Texas. He just transferred in. He had played for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame before he went to Texas. Braden Swenson, who's younger at Oregon, and then Jackson Howard, who just signed, but his dad played in the NFL. He's obviously a highly ranked and recruited D-line prospect. He's playing some stand-up edge rusher. He's probably bigger than both those guys, which I was a little bit surprised by. But I'm just wondering, is this enough? Like, is this going to be the answer? Because 
I watch him out there and I'm watching Jancic go through things. And even Kelly said, look, Ovi gives us a veteran. Swinson gives us a younger guy that's played some. And then Howard gives us someone who's brand new as a, a so we've sort of a true freshman. We sort of touch on all age levels of experience there. You broke down all their film. You broke down a GoFu and Swinson's film from Texas and Oregon. Is this going to, can you get by with those two? Is it have to be a combo thing? Does one of them have to win the job? Because I look at it and I don't know anything about the guys other than what I've read from your breakdowns and what I've seen at practice, but they're not BJ Ojolari. So no. how do you go about still being disruptive on defense when that position by definition is your most disruptive on defense? I think you said it well when you said that they can get by in a spot. Like they have Ovia Gofu, no doubt to me, can play the position. But there's a reason why he only had two sacks last year, right? Like he can disrupt some things at times, but he's not BJ Ojolari. He's not Harold Perkins. He's not making the game changing play. I mean, if you go back and watch the, the game against Alabama, game against Kansas State, he was present in those games and he, you know, Pushed the pocket, did a lot of good things there, but he wasn't B.J. Ojolari. You know, he wasn't making the great, the groundbreaking plays. Braden Swinson, I, I mean, he's a he's a good athlete. I think he's going to do well, but he, you know, he didn't do a ton at Oregon. So you have him who's unproven, Ovia Gofu, who's kind of the safe option there. I remember when we were previewing, I think we previewed the uh, linebacker, the front seven, and I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Harold Perkins played middle linebacker the entire spring and then they just stuck him at Jack during the season. I think it's starting to feel like, not saying he's going to play full-time Jack, but it's starting to feel like he's going to be on the edge a lot more. Even though during spring, he's playing middle linebacker. Like This is exactly what I laid out three weeks ago. I was like, they're going to play him at middle linebacker because they that's the long-term plan. But once the season kicks off, once you get to Florida State week one, if Ovia Gofu and Braden Swenson are not game-changing players, you have to have Harold Perkins in that position, to me. To me. You have to have a guy that can change the game because you're going to have Mason Smith. You're going to have Mikhail Wingo. The defensive end spot you know, is up in the air, whoever it is, Quincy Wiggins, Savion Jones, um, Tashawn Womack. Those are all great options. Yeah, great options there. But you need a jack linebacker that can mess things up. And as much as I like a Gofu and Swinson, Harold Perkins, we know what kind of player that is. So, again, that's kind of where I'm going towards right now is like Harold Perkins is playing a lot of middle linebacker. Am I worried about the jack? Not really because I they can easily just shuffle him back there if they need to. I think the solution to that would have to be that Matt House feels good enough about Greg Penn, Spates, and then the yeah. two Weeks brothers because – good point. If you're too deep at linebacker, not including Perkins, makes you feel good, then you're going to go with it. And and maybe that's the most interesting piece to this is the person who gets to decide is the defensive coordinator, and he's also the linebacker's coach. So mm -hmm. he's going to have a good feel for what they need and what they have at linebacker versus what the, they can have at Jack. Um, it'll be interesting. I just yeah. – that's an early storyline for me is replacing B.J. Ojolari, especially without seeing Womack out there and now knowing Womack could be a D-end. Um, I mean, which again, isn't, you just want Womack out there. I don't really yeah, care where he plays. It's funny because I was I used to think Quincy Wiggins was like, dang, he is he's a monster. I mean, he's 6'6", 6'6", 265, and now Womack is 6'5", 270. 
Right. And both thing. both those guys could have been stand up edge rushers until you realize like they've just got such great frames and athleticism yeah. that they can put up 270 pounds and still run. Monsters. So look, Brian Kelly didn't rule it out. He said we could play some edge for Womack. We could put him a hand in the dirt D end. Um with Savion, Quincy, and Womack, those are some pretty good DNs. You're bringing back Mason Smith. You're bringing back Makai Wingo. You've got Guillory and then a wave of transfers. I mean, Justin Jefferson and Paris Shand and a, a number of others um, that could obviously get in there, Jalen Lee. So I like their depth on the D-line. I just don't know how it's going to shuffle out yet. It's funny that that defensive end spot, obviously, you know, Womack, five-star, and then – Wiggins was uh, a five-star. Wiggins five star. Oh, Savion Jones is a five star. That's what I'm, that's what I was saying. You have three five star defensive ends there. <laughs> All at the exact same position. It's not like you're playing two of them on each side. This is that not is a nasty. four three. Yeah, that's nasty. It uh, it's a storyline. So we'll continue to monitor it. Um, sure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's the storyline, and we finally got an update on it. Denver Harris, who... It's just wild to think about this. Okay. So if you don't know the Denver Harris backstory, played at North Shore in Houston, which is a big time school. Obviously they win a lot of um, districts and go to state titles and have won some state titles. Um, LSU's gotten some guys, Caleb on chase on Eric Monroe, uh, others out of North Shore. They've got some ties, some coaches at North Shore went to LSU. So they're always recruiting there. Well, they were heavy on Denver Harris. He ends up not going to LSU. He goes to A&M. He got suspended. Let me bring this up because this is such a good stat. He got suspended for the opening game against Miami last year. He's a true freshman this past season. Get suspended for the opening game because he must curfew him and some other guys on the team. So um, doesn't play in that one. Then comes back and plays half the season. Well, about a little more than halfway through the season, he gets into a locker room incident. And him and a number of other guys are now indefinitely suspended from the team. He ends up not playing anymore, and then he enters a portal. So yeah. you're caught up on Brian Kelly having to weigh, do we take a freshman who is a five-star great player, but he's also spent half the season being suspended from his team at another SEC school. So they asked about, so I can't remember, someone did in the media session, asked about Denver Harris going and taking him. Um And he said, and I'll paraphrase some of this, but he just said, we did a lot of research. It wasn't just, hey, here's a great player. Uh, We had to feel like it fit. And we did our due diligence. He said there were a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings with his family, uh, all these in person, then a lot on the phone. He said a lot of people came to Kelly and to Matt House and spoke on Denver's behalf. And he also, which I thought was the important part here, Matty B, because how Brian Kelly was talking, if Denver Harris would have been up to take a year ago in the portal and join the team right away, I don't think he would have taken him. Yeah. But his quotes were, we felt the culture we built after this first year that Denver could make it here. He said, the culture is so strong right now in the locker room. Um, and then went on to just say, look, and Denver realizes he's got to make it. This is his second chance because of his circumstances and because of our culture. This is his last chance at an SEC opportunity. And we think it's worth the risk because He's a really good player, and we think that he'll fit into our locker room and fall in line. And Brian Kelly said, so far, so good. 
how good of a player is he? Well, when he wasn't suspended last year, played 211 snaps, gave up four completions for just 28 yards. And on those four catches, only one of them went for yards after the catch. And that went for one yard. So we were talking about a straight up lockdown corner. He was on on three's midseason freshman All-American list for the only time he played college football. Yeah, I think pro football had him really high as well uh, somewhere that I don't have the details up, but that's what we were wondering. That's what the questions were because this wasn't a one-time thing with Denver Harris. This was multiple instances in high school. I believe he was in trouble as well. Um, but I think Brian Kelly said it best when it's like this is his last chance to make it at an SEC school. If he did not work out, if he does not work out at LSU, there is no other SEC school that would just take him at this point. I, I, I just don't think that that's how it would work. I think it would he would be in a really – tough position to where you have Jimbo Fisher and Brian Kelly not vouching for you. And it's, I think a, they took him because of his talent. Like let's obviously let's be, they, let's be real. They, they needed a corner. They needed, if they had, you know, if they had the Stingley and Fulton out there at corner, you know, maybe they don't take him. Right. They needed a corner. And with that being said, I do trust that Brian Kelly took every Avenue possible to try to to drill it into his head, to his family's head, to everybody's head, and be like, we can make this work. You can be a first-round draft pick in two years if you just trust us and you buy in for just two years. Like, buy in and make this thing happen. Like, put the past in the past. You talk to the family about it. You make sure he's on the same page. I trust that they did all of that stuff. And so now I'm interested to see, is there any point in when in which Denver Harris reverts back to his old self. I hope he doesn't, and I hope it works out because that is this is a this is something that can be really really beneficial to both parties here uh, for two it, years. It was clear that Brian Kelly. I mean, we're talking about a kid that if he <clears throat> lives up to expectations or doesn't, he's going to get onto an NFL roster. Now, yes. <clears throat> can you be a first round pick? The only route to that, no one's getting a, becoming a first round pick who, as you said kids are young in high school you you know get into yeah. trouble with the team and you miss some games or whatever okay but then if you follow that up by going because he's going to be a guy who has the chance to leave college after three years if your resume is oh i played for three colleges in three years and two of them i was dismissed from basically and as you noted jimbo fisher and brian kelly two of the most well-known respected coaches out there aren't going to vouch for you that's not good if you're entering a, as a junior and you've played really well for two years at LSU and you flash as a freshman at A&M and Brian Kelly, who runs a very structured program says, Hey, he made it. He never did. We had no issues. He was great. Two years of it. Well, all of a sudden NFL teams have a lot less worry about any sort of risk that are um, that could come with drafting you. So that's all for down the line. We just hope he obviously can stay on the straight and narrow and, uh, and play for LSU because that would be a big time corner addition for them. Uh, Brian Kelly said so far so good. So that's a nice report. Um, we have not gotten to see a ton yet because we've only been watching like 20 minutes of individual periods. But when we got into practice each day, uh, they were running just like defense interception return drills. So like you've got 11 defenders out there, the safety gets it, and then everyone goes down and blocks and picks yeah. up their assignments. It doesn't really mean anything because all these guys are rotating. And again, we see 20 minutes of a two and a half hour practice, but in those 20 minutes, it hasn't been Denver Harris running first team opposite Zy Alexander out of Southeastern, another transfer corner they took that we'd expect would battle to start. 
but it's been true freshman JV and Toviano. And I know you were high on Toviano coming out of Texas. I think he still could be a safety at some point. And Brian Kelly talks a little bit about this. I'll mention it here in a minute, but surprised at all that Denver, that Toviano is jumping. LaTerrence Welsh is getting a little bit of, and look, he could be given Denver Harris second team reps to be like, Hey, you need to earn it or what, you know, we have no idea what's going yeah. on there and just individual drills, but they don't just throw walk-ons out there. So Toviano has done yeah. something to impress the staff so far. I think physically Toviano, we we've said, you know, he can hold up what, regardless of if it's corner or if it's safety, uh, the natural fit and what he played in high school was at safety, but they recruited him knowing and he said this as well he was like i'll play anywhere he said i'll play corner i'll play safety wherever they need me they needed corners they said all right we're gonna try you at corner um my thing was that and i think you you mentioned this as well it's like well okay they added four corners and all of them have multiple years of experience remaining i think except deuce who this will be his third year but zai jk and denver I believe no Zion's also his third year, but regardless, JK, um, Denver, and Zion Deuce they add those four, and you're like, okay, well, can they move JV and Toviano back to safety, Nick? Because now they're shallow as safety. I th- I think there's just a lot of hope and um, potential that maybe Toviano can be that corner of the future because he is so athletic and he is so malleable, kind of in a way, and he has really good ball skills and. You know, you'll you'll have to teach him all the technique and stuff, but from a you know ball hawk perspective and a playmaker perspective, which is part of playing corner, JV and Toviano checks off that box. So I could see him impressing, um, but I could also see them saying, you know what, let's just put him on first team and a give him confidence, but also just see how how he looks out there. You know, it's a it'll be a long off season. Let the freshmen try to you know get their uh, teeth and uh, get their feet under them. Yeah, I was um, Brian Kelly was asked about position changes just because they're low on depth. And, you know, do you have to move guys around or do you see guys moving around to new positions? And he said the only one they feel like, OK, almost a certainty or at least like at some point we will do that is corner and safety. And we've talked about this a lot beyond Major Burns and Greg Brooks. They don't have any safeties like Sage Ryan's playing nickel right now. So you're down to Matthew Langlois who's been hurt. And then you're just down to true like true freshmen, early enrollees. So they sign guys who can, you know, who played safety in high school, but are playing corner right now, like Ashton Stamps and um, Javin Toviano. Um, we'll see ultimately how things shuffle out there. But I found it interesting, but I also think we're going to have to wait and see for a while here. And I'll tie this story in because Brian Kelly said he was like, honestly, and nobody was even like twisting his arm over it, but he was like, I do not know like which names that would be yet. It's way too early. And I was talking to Charles Power, who on three's national director of rankings and scouting, and he's looking over the 2025 class right now. So these guys just finished up their 10th grade year. And he's like, man, it is so tough to say this kid's a corner or this kid's a safety when they're in 10th or 11th grade. Mm -hmm. And Brian Kelly's saying, I've seen these kids play four years of high school football. I've got them on my campus right now. I work them out every day and I still can't tell you which one is best suited for safety long-term or staying at corner. So We've seen Jay Ward play both. We've seen a number of guys play both. You mentioned Deuce Chestnut, maybe a Zy Alexander. Like there are corners that are transfers that could play maybe some safeties. So that's one spot that I think ultimately they will have to move some guys to safety. I just, I'm with Kelly. I have no idea who it will be. 
I mean, we saw with Jay Ward, him move from corner to safety to nickel type thing. Uh, I think, you know, Greg Brooks, you know, moved uh, as well. There's just, I think that's a really good point in that you don't know where they're going to be. So I don't mind starting them off at corner in certain situations to get the ball skills aspect, to get the technique aspect, because corner is a lot more technique in terms of footwork and different uh, variables there than safety. Safety, obviously, you have the vision awareness aspect of it that's different. But yeah, I think I, I think it makes sense. And this could not, you know, maybe this is why they're doing it. Maybe it's not. But I think it makes sense from a tech, technical standpoint to start them at corner. And then you can kind of cross train them from from there if you need to move them to nickel or or safety. But it is a the safety position is just dire at this point. I don't. Yeah, I mean, really, I like we've said it a million times on the pod. But if Greg Brooks or Major Burns got hurt, they would be in the worst spot ever. And Major Burns did get hurt last year, so yeah, he might have gotten hurt the year prior too. So like missing a couple games, I mean, so like you can't have that. And it feels like they're not even like worried about it. Like, I'm not saying they haven't looked in the portal or whatnot, but, like, it feels like it's not even, like, a a thing right now to them. Maybe I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's highlighted on their big whiteboard in their office, and they're like, we need safeties or something. Yeah. I just feel like we've – in the past, we've gotten a sense of what this – like, when Brian Kelly wants a tight end or he wants a center or he wants, you know, a player uh, at a position, we've gotten a sense of that. I feel like we haven't gotten a sense I, of that. Yeah, I've talked to sources who have said – We'd love a safety just in the same sense. They said, we'd love an alignment. They got Mason yeah. Lunsford. We'd love another linebacker. They got Omar Spites. We'd love a veteran tight end. They just haven't found that right fit. I feel like that's how it is at safety. Like guys enter the portal, but are they the right fit? Like if they've only got a year to play, are they better than Greg Brooks or Major Burns? I mean, probably not. So then they're not going to come here. And mm-hmm. it's almost like you have to find that balance of a guy who's got multiple years left who wouldn't mind being the first guy off the bench and can develop into a starter. And that can kind of be tough to find when you start to really put together all the little check marks you want on your list. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I expected them to just kind of move stamps and Toviano back to safety, but we'll, we'll see long time until the season starts until fall camp gets here. Who knows what we'll be looking at at that point. Um, for sure. I think that's I think that's everything. I think that's all we got. Yeah, I think Yeah, anything else you want to add or That's the rundown. Good. I always stick to the rundown, Shay. Sorry, good. Billy doesn't. Um <laughs> Oh, we will say and we don't ever tell you guys this much on the pod. Uh we just keep it about the Bengal Tigers YouTube and Spotify and Apple or wherever else you're listening to us uh presence, but we do have our deal running for the site where you're getting access to the entire on three network, all of the on three plus articles, which is every recruiting article, every scoop article we write, a lot of stuff we don't talk about on the pod. You get all the way until football season. So four months for 10 bucks. Um, this will only be running for about another week or so. So if you're not a member of the site yet, I don't beg you much. I'm not going to beg you now, but I will just tell you, go to the bingletiger.com. You'll see it pop up. You can click on it four months, 10 bucks, and you get the free hat, Matty B. I don't have it on. It's not this hat, but damn, I don't have it's it around. I have a tennis hat on. You don't get that one, but yes, you get a free Bingle Tiger Club uh, hat. Actually, shout out Chris, I believe was his name, uh, who I saw at uh, the women's basketball tourney game um, was sitting a few rows in front of me, and I went down uh, to go use the bathroom, and I had a double take, and I was like, "Is that a hat?" And it sure enough was. And he popped right up, said he was a big fan, and yeah, we got it. Dog situation going all right over there? 
I think Amazon or someone must have dropped something. Lundy's checking it out. All right, good. All right, that's but yeah. All we get have. your free hat and get your free sign hat. up. There you go. You heard Shay. Um, that's all we have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, check out all of the content on the Bengal Tiger on three. Um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Leave a like, comment, share, subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Bengal Tiger on three. And we will be back uh, next week, probably for a recruiting podcast. So we'll talk to you then.